Hi, I'm your host, Nicole Lana, and welcome to our Deliciously Lana podcast, where I share my knowledge and insights of wellness. In every episode, I interview experts in the health and wellness industry. I love to discuss fun topics from nutrition to fitness to relationships to sex to adventure sports. Hi, guys. Thanks a lot for your time and uh, welcome to our podcast again. Today, we have Lauren Weinstein from um, Stanford University, where she's the instructor of um, strategic communication, and she also has her own private practice called Resonate Coaching, where she helps her clients increase her impact in the world um, through um, communications. And um, she has written two really amazing articles on Huffington Post on mastering relationships and love. And so today, I've invited her um, to speak to us about her four steps um, in mastering relationships and love, as well as how our breakups can be our breakthrough. So, hi, Lauren. Hello. Happy to be here. Yes, thanks for taking the time to speak with us. So, tell me more about your, the four steps, you know, preparing yourself first. Um, How do you do that before you get into a relationship? Well, what I realized was a lot, where a lot of people are talking about mindfulness now and using it to improve their performance in business, improve it in sports. But relationships are, are one area where we could really use a lot more mindfulness because I found in my own personal experience and, and through talking with friends that we often tend to make dating and relationships a lot harder and more complicated than they need to be. Um, but if we just take the time to, to step back and be more mindful, just as having a regular meditation practice or yoga practice can ease your, your daily life and your performance at work, it can also ease um, how we feel and how we approach relationships. Um, and really, the, the first step is, is to be prepared. What I've noticed in myself and also some of the men I've dated is if, if we're not feeling grounded in our own lives, if we're not feeling stable and settled and really just loving and secure and happy on our own, it's very difficult to add a partner into that mix um, because we'll, we'll show up in ways and not, not communicate as strongly in ways that end up derailing the relationship rather than strengthening it. Um, so what I found, if you, if you kind of do the work on your own, to be happy on your own, to be a strong communicator, to feel stable in your life, then when another person comes in, you're, you're really just set up and, and much stronger and able to navigate that relationship in a better way. Okay. Um, tell us more about the beginner's mind um, that you've written about. What I realized uh, in terms of that is so often in relationships, we end up making up stories about the other person. And so maybe a person doesn't text us back right away or doesn't call or doesn't make plans. And, we, and the way our minds work, lots of articles have shown this, is we tend to imagine the worst-case scenario. Um, so they're not texting us back because they're not interested. The relationship's over or they showed up late because they're selfish and they don't care. Uh, but when we have a beginner's mind, we, we notice the behavior. We say, okay. The person didn't text back right away, but we're open to many possible explanations for that behavior. And rather than make an assumption and then act based upon it, whether that's withdrawing or being passive-aggressive or getting upset, there's this moment where we can stop, have a more open mind, and then just be curious and ask our partner, hey, like, you know, it took quite a while to text back, like, everything okay, what's going on? Um, and, And this comes from the story that I included in my article, which is, was on a date, um, someone I ended up dating for three years. It was our third month of dating. Uh, we're, we're in the movie theater, and his arms are crossed. He's sitting as far away from me as possible. 
And my mind just started going to, he's clearly not interested anymore. The relationship's over. He's done. Um, but rather than withdraw or assume that was the case, I just asked him, I was like, hey, like, noticed your body language in the movie theater. What's going on? And he said that he's been looking forward to seeing this movie for months. And he's also really attracted to me. And if he knew that if he got close and, and you know, put his arm around me, that he, he wouldn't be able to focus and concentrate on the movie, mm-hmm. um, which is the exact opposite of what I was expecting him to say. Um, and I've just noticed that time and time again. I'll, someone won't text back and I'll assume the worst. And there's always, there's, there has been usually a very good explanation. Or if not positive, it was, it was very neutral. Um, and so just being aware and, and willing to ask can make a big difference. So this is the power of, communi- the, you know, power of communication then in terms of um, communicating your needs um, without fear, which you've also talked about in your article. Exactly. Communication is so important. And the research has shown when it looks at the happiest, most successful couples, it's not the ones that are the most attracted to each other or even the ones that report to be the most in love. The, the happiest couples are the ones that actually have the strongest communication skills. And, relationship, and the number one cause of breakups is a lack of communication. Because I, I, talk, I interviewed a lot of friends who are now divorced, and they said over the course of their relationship, they would hold on to resentments that had happened and frustrations that had happened months, if not years earlier. Mm-hmm. And so all these things keep compiling, like they keep eroding the relationship. But if you don't communicate and clear them out, they'll just they'll keep creating more and more distance and space between you until the point where you end up at divorce versus successful couples. They, they communicate as they go along. And John Gottman, one of the foremost experts on relationships, has found that 69% of conflict in relationship is actually not solvable. But what the best couples do, master couples, which is 30% of couples, they just change the energy around the conflict. Um, so rather than actually solve it, they just they turn to humor or they diffuse it or they find a way of working together so that they can still have happiness and harmony in the relationship despite any external circumstances that they may or may not agree on. Yeah, um, and uh, that also relates to staying in the present. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so normally, so one thing we do is we tend to bring in the past. And so let's say a past partner broke up with us suddenly without notice or a past partner um, couldn't be trusted. We now start a new relationship, and we're expecting that same thing to happen. So now when our partner doesn't text back right away, we assume it's because they're ending the relationship, they're going to break up with us, or... If we don't know where they are one night, we assume it's because they're not trustworthy because of a past experience. And so, again, this also ties into having a beginner's mind to really just starting fresh with this new partner and really having a holistic picture of this person. Okay, you have this one incident with this ex- experience. Maybe they didn't text back, but has, how, what does every other behavior and every other sign point to about this person? That they actually are trustworthy and they are responsive. And so one, it's, it's to do that, or it could be from your childhood, um, making sure, am I interpreting a behavior because of how I interacted with my parents, or is my partner actually doing something? Um, so just stepping back and acknowledge, and recognizing, are you bringing in energy that's not actually in the relationship? Mm-hmm. But also it's not getting ahead of yourself. And so either we, we project, we worry that our partner's going to break up with us in the future, or... Um, this is our, the person for me and we're set, rather than just taking one day at a time. And, and I mentioned in the article, really the only question is, do I want to keep spending time with this person? Is this a person I could spend my life with? Is everything good? But just taking one day or date at a time. 
Um, and, and in particular around, sometimes we do have a fear that someone will break up with us or, or break our heart, but what happens is that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because of that fear, we hold back or we're passive-aggressive versus if we enter the relationship with the energy of we're in the moment, my, my only goal today is to have a great date, then one great date builds on another, and then you do end up having things turn out wonderful in the end. Um, Which leads us to choosing mindfully in terms of... Yeah. Uh, your partner, your fourth, mm-hmm. the part four of your article. Tell me more. Yep. So I looked at tons of research on what ends up uh, making the happiest, best couples and looked a lot at John Gottman's research, who I mentioned earlier. And he breaks up, he said there's two types of couples, masters, which is 30% of couples, and disasters, which is 70%, so the vast majority. And the, one, the difference between the two is, is two qualities, which is responsiveness and kindness. And so if you're in a master couple, you're very responsive to your partner. When they come with happy news, you're so happy with them. If they're sad, you, you turn toward them. You have full attention. Um, he gives the example of even if you just point out a bird in a tree, your partner's full energy goes toward that bird in the tree um, versus being dismissive or not that engaged. And this, this is very common, especially the deeper into a relationship you get. Um, Disaster couples, which is 70% of them, um, only three out of ten times will they turn toward their partner when a partner puts out a bid, as he calls them, versus a master couple, nine out of ten times when your partner gives a bid, whether that's a text message or whatever it is, your partner is right there responding, matching you with equal energy. Um, And then kindness, which is when you're in conflict or you're in a fight or tired, you're still responding with love and kindness. And so no matter what ha- what's happening, there's always love and kindness at the foundation versus disaster couples. They, they bring in contempt and, and negativity and criticism or they stonewall, they withdraw. So it's how do you respond in situations that are difficult? When it's hard, do you still have love and kindness? Or when it's hard, do you withdraw? Do you, are you passive aggressive? Um, and how you respond in those moments is, is critical. So I call that the foundation of the relationship, finding someone responsive and kind. Um, then I talk about the icing. So this is, you know, the cake is important, but we also like our icing. And, and for that, it's to find someone who you have chemistry with. That's a physical connection, but also just intellectual, emotional compatibility. You, you resonate with one another. Um, and even beyond that is I call it clicking, which is just from the start, there's just this magic instantaneous connection. Um, and I talk about this is a person with whom you pass the traffic test. Uh, there's this great article in, in Wait But Why, um, and he talks about the, how to choose your life partner. And you, should, and you should choose a partner who, if you're driving in traffic with them, you're actually rooting for, traf- rooting for more traffic because you're just enjoying the interaction that much. You're so happy just to be with them um, in the car. Uh, and he talks about, you know, we all have these amazing first dates in the early stages and a honeymoon in Thailand, for example, but a marriage is actually a series of forgettable Wednesdays. The vast majority of your time, you're sitting on a couch or sitting in a car, so it's really important to find someone that you could be doing absolutely nothing um, but still having an amazing time and feel so lit up and engaged. Um, And then the last part, so there's three criteria, which is the cake, the icing, and then the plate. So even if you have a great cake out of the oven without communication, uh, you have nothing. You have a big mess on the floor. So really finding someone who can communicate powerfully with you, who can share thoughts and feelings, respond when you have thoughts and feelings, and, and work through issues as they arise. I talk about staying current. So each time something comes up in the relationship, can you address it, move it out of the way, and then move on? So you're always kind of clean and clear with your partner rather than having all this build up and residue. Yeah, which, is, which ties to the communication aspect we talked about. 
earlier. Yes. Mm-hmm. And staying present. Um, mm-hmm. Now, lastly, your breakups or your breakthrough. I mean, we've all gone through breakups. And um, tell me more about your experiences with breakup and um, how that's impacted your thoughts on it and how that can be very beneficial to all of us. Yeah, uh, of course, breakups are sad. You know, we're heartbroken. You get very close to a person or a close friend, and so you, you feel a loss regardless. But what I've realized is you can also gain so much. And in that article, I talk about three different relationships and what I t- took away from each one. Um, from one I took away, he helped me to be more logical, rational, make better decisions. And when that relationship ended, it set me on the path to grad school, which was one of the best decisions I had made. Um, the next relationship, he was very open with his thoughts and feelings and very loving. And he helped me to be more open and loving and giving. Um, so he, he taught me another way of showing up in the world. And the third one was very authentic. And he, he dreamed big and thought big. And he really gave me the motivation and, and courage to start my own company. And so we don't always get everything from our family dynamic and from the way we were raised. But through relationship, we can see and learn other ways of being and interacting in the world. And so these three boyfriends really gave me these or helped, me show, helped show me different ways of being and interacting um, and helped me to, to grow personally and become a better person that I'm much happier with. Um, and I also think that they made me a better partner. What I learned from them, I'm now able to bring to new relationships in terms of being more open, loving, and giving, but also being more authentic and sharing my commu- my feelings and not holding them in. And so if, if we have the opportunity to date, you know, amazing, beautiful people, even if they're not our life partner, we don't end up together, there's still so much learning and growth we can take away from them. Um, and even if it's not a great relationship, we can still learn from it and, and how we want to do better next time. And so, you know, I think if I had gotten married right out of college, I wouldn't have learned as much as I did from these breakups. And so I actually have a lot of gratitude for them because the person I am now and how I show up in a relationship was very much shaped by them. Um, and I'm getting to the point where I feel very happy with myself and how I show up and communicate in a relationship. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time, Lauren. Um, if, My pleasure. Happy to. Yeah. If our readers want to find you, how can they find you on your website? Uh, yes. If they go to resonatecoaching.co, um, they can find me and contact me through there. All right. Well, thank you very much again. And um, for an article on this, please go to nicolana.com. And I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>